pull up your most comfortable cannonball, and take a seat. Today, on Check Yourself, the fabulous Baron Munchausen. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Check Yourself. Uh, the first episode, which was on the fireman's ball, resulted in exactly zero emails. Our email address, of course, is checkyourselffilms at gmail.com. So to talk a bit about why that may have been the case, um, I brought in a guest all the way from the UK, from England. Matthew, hello, Matthew. Hello, how you doing? Doing well, appreciate you joining time so, so here's my theory you, you know the i think the most obvious explanation is that the people of czechoslovakia were outraged by the episode and have effectively canceled this show what do you think is that is that accurate well being geographically closer to the area i, I think i heard rumors that there were some protests in the streets about it so you know <laughs> well <laughs> you know we, we meant no disrespect of course and if there are any checks still listening, we want to um, please ask you to make your presence known by sending an email to our email address, which of course is checkyourselffilms at gmail.com. And correspondence from other countries' residents will be grudgingly accepted. So, um, Matthew, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yes, yeah. um, I'm not actually english as you can probably tell by my lack of an accent but uh i moved over here a few years ago um to england for various reasons <laughs> and do you do you like movies uh yeah you could say that um i have a fair collection of movies you might say <laughs> and why um, what what is it about movies that you like i don't know it's just they each tell a story from a different perspective they're like books in a way like some they're the best movies play out like that um and it's just interesting to see like what people's interpretation of a story is visually if, if you could say that like whereas a book you're, you're in charge of the visual visualization but in a movie you can see what other people might see it as and that that fascinates me books that you don't have to read you heard it here first folks movies all right well I thought we could go ahead and start our first segment, which is known far and wide as Check Honored or Check Bounced. Um, and as you may remember from our first episode, this is where we take a look at check dishes and decide whether we want to honor them or they're no good and the check gets bounced. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do All it. Right. So today we're going to be reviewing a traditional check dish. Um, now, neither one of us have this dish before them. Uh, we're not going to be eating any of it. I have never had it. You may have had it, um, but maybe not. But I figure that's what imagination is for, right? All right. So, Matt, this is a this is smoked pork with juniper berries and peppers on the side. What do you think? How does this sound? Um, I don't know. Juniper berries kind of sound nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't have them. Um, but being a vegetarian, I don't think the pork would go very well. So I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I might have to do check bounce on that straight away. 
Harsh. <laughs> I, you know, I have not had it myself, but it does sound pretty good to me. So I'm going to say check honored. Um, that is a split decision, folks. That is just further proof that you never know what's going to happen on check honored or check bounced. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk to the fabulous Baron von Munchausen. And Matthew, please feel free to interrupt me at any time. I'm going to sort of go ahead and uh, give a synopsis of the movie, which there is a lot of movie to synopsis, <laughs> which isn't a word. But did you feel that I felt that there was a lot of plot to the movie, a lot going on? Yeah, I don't know if you know the history behind it, but uh, there's a lot of uh, it's basically tall tales, but. It, it the story itself jumps around quite a lot, but it does it quite well, I thought. But there's so, a lot. Yeah, so the sort of st get started here. The, the the film opens with these title cards that that look like the pages of a book. Looks like the the viewer is leafing through pages of a book, um, which is fitting. Like you say, it's the the movie's based on uh, some tall tales. They're based on the memoirs of Baron Munchausen, who was a made up German nobleman. Uh, this book was written by Rudolf Rasp and published in 1785. So at the beginning, you've got very peaceful music. You've got these opening credits. The title cards are this sort of nostalgic orange and they look illustrated. And you get the feeling that this is going to be this sort of quaint, cozy, slow paced movie, um, which is not the case. <laughs> so it starts in, at nighttime. Um, it's dark anyway. Rain's coming down. There's some clearly fake lightning flashing, and we see some footsteps in dirt. There are these scenes from nature, um, almost like this is a Tarkovsky film. And my favorite image was a frog or maybe a toad on a jar. Uh, from there, the camera pans up to birds, a hang glider, more birds, an old Wright Brothers-style airplane, more birds, and then a rocket zooming to the moon. I don't know about you. For a second, I thought about the kind of flash forward in 2001 where that bone's thrown in the air and then it becomes a satellite. Um, that, yeah. that sort of flash forward in technology. I yeah, guess. I could see that. Um, yeah, I, I immediately, my first impression when seeing the movie is I thought I missed a few minutes and it was in the middle. <laughs> I, I, I kept going back to the beginning to think, did I, did I start in the right place? But right. What is this? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, it does sort of start in the middle of the action because uh, it starts with this character, this guy in a spacesuit, and we don't learn a lot about him at first or really ever. Um, he's following footprints on, on the moon until he comes to a gramophone. He starts to play that, and he's greeted by three men, none of whom have spacesuits or helmets. They introduce themselves, and also uh, Cyrano de Bergerac is there. So guy in a horse comes up, and finally we get to meet the fabulous Baron Munchausen. Yeah. All on the moon, by the way. Horses on the moon. All on the moon. So at this point, with the, never seen that before. Know, the, <laughs> the gramophone, the the people without helmets, the guy in the horse. What were you thinking as you're watching this? Um, first, I, first thing I was thinking, oh my, this is great! Like horse on the moon. I mean, just I've never seen that before. But as as they started acting, I started thinking of other films that I've seen, like like uh, Blood of a Poet by Cocteau, where it's very experimental oh, and wow. it doesn't make any sense, and all these random things going on. But thankfully, it wasn't that. It, it, it's 
they were very it's it was almost humorous at times i thought it was it didn't take itself seriously but it was very artistic so at this point i was kind of like going back and forth between either this is one of the best things i've ever seen or one of the worst things i've ever seen it was really <laughs> really undecided <laughs> I, I love that you bring up cocktail uh in blood of a poet and i think you're the one who years ago made the point that that almost seemed like a movie where cocktail was experimenting with what film could do more yes. than telling a story yes compared to say like beauty and the beast which is a full-fledged story um yeah that's a great point so next the baron takes the astronaut to earth on his ship which is a an old style sailing ship pulled by pegasi pegasus yeah and he's convinced that our main character is a moon man not not yes, Earth. he's yes. some alien and he no matter what he says he doesn't believe him which i thought was great i, I love the fact that um the 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 quote unquote moon man the astronaut says I'm from Earth and the Baron says basically that's preposterous I've never seen you there yeah yeah <laughs> he knows everyone <laughs> right um so he takes him to Turkey which for me is some of the best art of the film um the Sultan's palace is great looking and the Sultan is uh the first glimpse we get of him he's controlling the movements of a dancing woman by him moving a clutch of grapes around. Like he drops them and she falls. Um, so the pair meet the Sultan. The Baron speaks to him in what we would assume is Turkish, but it's like a brass instrument, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the language of, uh, what was it? No gate? No, no negotiation. Uh, what was it? What did he call it? The language of bureaucracy? Oh, gosh. I can't I remember. Yeah. You, you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Um, there's there's a the the astronaut steps forward introduce himself and triggers this i don't know how you would describe it this sort of it was like a trap but like a, a push mm -hmm. a, a floor panel that like put out spears and this was the first time i was reminded of uh like monty python sketches and stuff it was the first that came forward for me it is kind of humorous because he steps on it a couple of times right yeah he's um, testing it out he's like what yeah. is this <laughs> um meanwhile this beautiful woman is watching them from a balcony and the sultan leaves and he's replaced by the business end of a huge cannon, which is probably a good signal to leave, which they do. Uh, the woman writes a note and has a servant deliver it to the astronaut. Uh, it compliments his bravery and she's asking him to rescue her from the sultan's clutches. At first, the astronaut wants to challenge the sultan, but the baron suggests that they kidnap instead. And the astronaut says that too is an act of violence, and the Baron contradicts him, saying it is a work of art. Any any thoughts on the dialogue dialogue overall? I don't know. Um, it it's it seemed to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't. It, it, it's almost like it was written by someone who's used to doing plays or like Shakespearean a little bit. There was a bit of. I don't. I don't know how to say it. It is kind of this like elevated dialogue, right? Like it's a little yeah more formal or um, poetic maybe than people really tend to speak. Yeah, it was going for more of the poetic uh, statements and like imagery more than like progression. Yeah, and I I assume this is <clears throat> excuse me that this is taken close to verbatim from the novel, although I haven't read the novel, so I couldn't say for sure. Um, okay, so they they rescue the woman. She kisses the astronaut and poor Baron Munchausen is watching jealously, right? 
Um, and then there's this incredible red billowing smoke that erupts against the screen and the screen is mostly yellow. Uh, It's interesting. I know for a lot of people, or I assume for a lot of people that for them, special effects are about how real can you make something like the dinosaurs in Jurassic park, right? Like you, you feel like you could reach out and touch them whether you should or not. Um, But this is something different. It's a lot more stylized and artificial and it's not trying to convince you that it's not artificial. In fact, it kind and of I, embraces that, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Like you go for like Jurassic Park, it's super realistic. But if you get one thing wrong, it just doesn't look right. Whereas this, it, it has its own style. Its own everything is fake, but done in such an artistic way that it's almost its own world, it, and it, it has its own rules. That's a great point, and it's I think it's consistent with those rules. It doesn't it doesn't really break up. Never. Um, no. And I could see this driving away some viewers. Like I could see my mom watching this, like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> um, I found it really charming and, and kind of beautiful at times. Yeah, it was right about the the scene you're describing with the, the, the smoke that I began to think of this more of as a work of art. And it was visually stunning, like throughout. And it, I've never seen anything quite like it. And it's so well executed. That, it's funny. That's Yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted you there. No, go um, for it. And that's it's funny that that we had the same that was the same moment for both of us that was the same moment i felt that way as well uh and it's we should mention that maybe it's a beautiful restoration i've looked at some of the um older versions of this and this is really crisp and clear yeah this is the first time i've seen this film or any portion of it i didn't, I didn't read anything about the film before he hit play so i had no idea what i was getting in for <laughs> that's probably the best way to do it yeah i um, think so so if you're listening, please hang up and watch the movie. All right. Well, I was thinking we could take a quick break to get a word from our sponsors and uh, meet back up here shortly. Oh, fellow. Yes, you're a jealous fellow. I know. But please don't kill Desdemona. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you come in. I was just listening to the original cast recording of the Othello musical. What's that? Oh, no, not not streaming. You see, I own the compact disc. CDs, they call them. Well, they may seem a little old-fashioned now, but in my day, they were all the rage. You know, I even still buy them, once in a while. Say what you will about streaming. Streaming isn't round. And round is life. This message paid for by the Round is Life Committee, opposed to squares and the other shapes. Goodbye. All right. Welcome back, viewers. I mean, listeners. Maybe they're viewing their phone or their other device while they're while they're listening. What do you think, Matt? How how many viewers, percentage-wise, what do you say? Or listeners are, are viewers as well. <laughs> Well, seeing that I'm, I, 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 when I listen to podcasts, I tend to stare at my phone blankly. I imagine there's quite a number. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I'm usually only staring at my phone while I'm on the highway. The best time. It's the best time. So we are, are back. Bad news, everyone. The Turks are coming. Um, so the astronaut, the Baron, and the, the princess get on horses, and they're chased by riders on horseback. Uh, they race for three days and three nights. 
I really liked uh, the Baron's line. He says something like, our path was strewn by the bones of exhausted horses while scavengers descended to pick the bones. And you get a nice, nice image of that. Um, our heroes arrive at a cliff that overlooks the ocean. They see a Dutch ship in the distance. And the Baron assumes, probably rightly, that it's carrying tobacco and can take them to Venice. Because so, what else could happen? <laughs> what else could it be? So the Baron makes a pretty large leap, horse and all, off the cliff and into the water. Um, a man on board the ship peers through the spyglass and says, basically, of course, who else but Baron Munchausen? And the astronaut and the girl follow. Uh, everyone on, the sh- on, the, on board smokes pipes, even the bus on the front of the ship. Uh, I mentioned this to you before we, we recorded, but I really liked that image that made me laugh out loud and it it looked a lot like the work of terry gilliam that he would later do with monty python and and you've mentioned monty python and gilliam as well as a you can sort of see the link from from this to that sort of thing yeah yeah absolutely and in fact gilliam later on made his own version of a baron munchausen film called the adventures of baron munchausen which i have not seen yet have you no i've not seen that yet but i might after this see how it compares I might too. It's got an interesting cast. I know Robin Williams is in it. Um, Uma Thurman. All sorts of people. So suddenly there are a lot of ships on the horizon. The Baron is asked what this means. Surely you didn't steal the Sultan's treasure, the captain says. But he did, or at least one single pearl of that treasure, which is the beautiful princess. There is a battle by sea. The Turks blow themselves to pieces. Um, and in the midst of this, the ship that the Baron's on sinks as well. He says, true, a few stray shots sank our ship, but that was to be expected. After all, what are lifeboats for? Uh, he's now alone on a boat with the princess, and he does not mind this at all, right? So what do you think about the Baron's... So the Baron throughout this movie is pursuing the princess, but the princess has other ideas. What I think about that or. Yeah. Just as a sort of, um, as a storytelling device or as a way to humanize him, because you know, he goes on such crazy adventures and does so many. Yeah. Incredible things. It's almost a humorous thing because the whole time he's telling these fantastic things and you think he's like this superhuman who everyone just adores and knows about and just he can do no wrong. But then there's this this nice touch that she's kind of rejecting him or at least tolerating him during these scenes. And uh, it's a nice touch, I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. And, and she's, you know, she sort of looks like his niece or something, whereas yeah. he's a bit older and uh, yeah, probably is not as natural a fit as a couple as she is with the astronaut. So a dragon flies overhead. There are strange creatures in the sea. One of them gobbles up the boat, and the Baron and the princess are in the in the belly of a. That beast. whole scene was amazing when they when they when they when he got they got eaten. That was um. So that too. was artistic, and I just wondered how that this is 1962. They made this film. I just can't imagine how they did this because there's lot. I mean, there's animation. Sure, you know how animation works, but it's like it's. It's better done than any of the Disney films of this this type of thing, where there's live action people moving around on stage and animation. It's it's so much better done, I thought. 
I I agree. I cannot figure it out. And um, the Criterion Collection has released a box set with this and a couple of its other films. And, and I guess there is a documentary on him and they talk a bit about how this art was done. But it it's pretty incredible. Um, no digital effects at all. Yeah, but it was seamless. Just seamless. It's just, there, was, there was no like, oh, there's strings there or anything. Like you could just... Yeah, you couldn't tell. Yeah, it, 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 I, I totally agree. Um, and you're right. This is a great, great scene. So they, so they're in the belly of the beast. Um, you would think it'd be completely dark, <laughs> but <laughs> lights from a from lanterns from another ship that had been swallowed are still glowing inside this fish, which which also made me laugh out loud. Yeah, and also that they don't seem to be mi- they might they're not really minding being in this fish. They're just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, he's very he's very uh, adaptable, the Baron. So he boards the other boat. He's carrying the sleeping princess, um, lays her in a bed and returns to the deck. A celebration is had. Uh, the giant fish travels much of the world. How does the Baron know that? Well, things get very cold at one point. So, of course, they're at the North Pole. Um, there's a storm or what he thinks is a storm, but they're safe. But it isn't a storm. It's cannons shot at the, the whale or the fish. And soon the fish is harpooned. The Baron, again, very calm, calmly recommends changing into traveling attire. Soon they're on land, where it turns out the astronaut is trying to use steam to power a boat. Um, the princess runs to him, irritating the Baron. The engine on the astronaut's ship explodes, tossing him onto land. She caresses him and waves off a snake that is approaching her with an apple in its mouth. What, what if anything, did you make of that snake in the, in the apple? I don't know. It was funny what the apples fell down from the, there was a painting on the back of the steamship he was making. The apples fell down from the tree on the, in the painting. And then the snake came out of it. And I th- it, that was a bit weird. <laughs> that was just like, let's do this the, thing because we can. It, it, it didn't, it, it seemed a little out of place to me considering the rest of the film, which is saying something. I don't know. I that's a great point. Yeah, I, I think they probably did do it because they thought it was a cool image. Or cool they did device. that a few times, but um, it, this was yeah, yeah, yeah. And the painting was of Adam and Eve, right? It was, um, yeah. So I guess it does make sense in that connotation, but context. but in terms of the story, you're like, where? Yeah, exactly. Um, so because the film hasn't been crazy enough yet, the Baron is taken into the air by an enormous bird. Um he determines you know what i gotta go back there and save the princess from this moon man (laughs) so he jumps and lands in what is apparently a sea of wine uh he's riding an underwater horse a swordfish approaches bearing a beautiful coat which he puts on mermaids swim by at one point he is again swallowed by a fish but then goes out the back of the fish which is another mouth and the, the Baron senses in his heart that the princess is near. So he surfaces and swims toward a ship. Um, on board, he regales the crew with stories of his adventures, but the princess only has ears for Tonic, who is the astronaut. Soon the Baron visits an old friend, one whose home is fiercely laid siege to. The Baron offers to take a look and see what the deal is, and soon he's riding a cannonball through the air. How'd you like the cannibal scene? <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny because 
Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he 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 does he goes scouts the 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 scene from the battle scene on top of the cannonball, and he's like, "All right, I got enough." And then he hops on another cannonball to head backwards, and then there's the the right. hole in the wall. It's him shaped that he goes through. It's just yeah. it was well it's well done. I, it's one of the scenes where I like about this film where it doesn't really take itself seriously and it's a bit of humor. Where a lot of artistic films of the time were just so serious, it just killed it for me. But that it made this film for me. Yeah, same here. Um, so everything's worked out. He's got dinner, has dinner with his friend. He boasts of his unsurpassed excellence. Ah, the other guy says, but what about love? The Baron tells of his many conquests, which included the Mona Lisa. Um, he too drew a portrait of her, although he confides his was better. <laughs> it features her turned around so yeah. you can see her butt. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So the the moon man, quote unquote, the astronaut, Tonic, is alone. He, he's in the castle as well, and he's stolen gunpowder and dumped it into a well. He wants to blow himself and the princess to the moon. So uh, that happens. Tonic, his love, and the Baron are all on the moon, where Cyrano de Bergerac gives a short speech and flings his hat into the cosmos. The end. So... <laughs> What are your thoughts overall on this? <laughs> My thoughts overall, I think it's a, a visual masterpiece, and it's, it's some good comedy in there. I thought that some, and the animation's just amazing. Um, the acting was very stilted and stuff, and I, I imagine I, I could see, like the director, like I want to make this crazy film, and like he can only get a certain amount of actors to do it. But I thought it was well done. Um, yeah. You know, I'd watch it again, actually. And I don't say that about too many films that I've seen. I feel the same way. I, I, I thought it was one of the great fantasy films. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so full of incident. And the visuals have so much charm and beauty. I Like you, I never, I have never seen anything like it. And in terms of things that criticize, you, you know, you make a good point about the stilted acting. I think you don't learn much about the princess at all or about the astronaut. The characterizations no. are super deep. Um, and maybe it would have been good to end with some sort of resolution to the Baron's infatuation with the princess, whether it happens or not. But I, to me, it, it's such a fun film and such a funny and incredible looking film. I think incredible looking. I, I would give it at least four and a half out of five cannonballs. I'd agree with that rating. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for this edition of Check Yourself. I want to thank our guest, Matthew, for being here. Uh, will we hear from you on future episodes? No way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I may resurface. I don't know that we'll see another one this great, but we'll, we'll, we shall see. Um, next time we'll have Valerie and her week of wonders until then check yourselves so you won't wreck yourselves everyone safe travels and goodbye, goodbye. check yourself